0: So many companies now try to professionalize their portfolio management, also with uh, systems like with our Accolade system. So they, they have the, the new product development projects, initiatives, ideas, research. They do that, all that. They make reports out of the data that they have. But that is not the same as portfolio management, what I discussed earlier. So so what is it that that you need to do to install, if you want to, in a company, a mature portfolio management capacity. And that that has, I would say, three pillars.
1: Pillars, I like that word pillars.
0: Always three
1: pillars. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're having a great summer and uh, things are going well for you. I'm joined today by Hoob Bruton, a colleague from mine, from Sophion, and, and he's spoken several times on the podcast before, and we're going to talk about portfolio management today. Hoob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. You're still talking to us uh, from the Netherlands like the last time? Haven't moved?
0: Absolutely. I didn't move out.
1: No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> good, good. Well, I already kind of tipped off the, uh, the subject of portfolio management, but how do you position portfolio management?
0: So let me first say something about the word portfolio. It means basically a group of something. And in the market of innovation management, where we our scope of today, I think. A portfolio can be linked to uh, multiple domains, if you want to. You can have the sales catalog as a portfolio, which is the output of the innovation. New products, new features and so on. They are in the sales portfolio, the sales catalog, which has to refresh every year as a result of innovation that is a portfolio at the at the very front end of innovation for instance you have an idea portfolio or you have an invention portfolio and the research side has also portfolio i know companies that have a portfolio of incubation companies that is on 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 that front end in the middle where the, the the big the big animal is of innovation you have the product portfolio. I have a feature portfolio, a technology portfolio, a platform portfolio, and uh, next to that, a project portfolio. So, it is important to, when we talk about portfolio, to define a little bit of what we are talking about. And in the market, I can tell you, there is a lot of confusion, which has a lot of impact on, on portfolio management. Because if you have, I would say garbage in, you get garbage out. So when you don't structure and scope very well, what the portfolio is you want to discuss and that you need for decision-making, then you don't know precisely which data you need to do that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. this this, this is a very important uh, point that you scope, define the domain, the borders of the portfolio. And for today, I think it is important that we say, okay, we don't talk about the idea portfolio. We don't talk about the sales catalog portfolio that, at, the, at that end, and not the technology as such. We talk about product portfolio, are related to that project portfolio. Great. Right. So NPD right. portfolio. I think I think that is what we should should do. And when we when we do that, and when we talk to customers, at least when I talk to customers, when I then position portfolio, given that scope, then portfolio is always in the middle between company strategy, and I don't say R&D strategy, I say company strategy, and the execution of that strategy. So in the company strategy, you you say, we want to make, we have have these objectives, these KPIs, and at a high level, we assign groups of resources to certain areas, so that we said, this is where we invest, and that is where we invest, and that is where we invest. So you get, as Cooper says, the buckets at that high level. So at a strategic level you, you have the, the KPIs quantified about many things. Could be about the revenue, could be growth, could be margin, financial, it could also be the level of sustainability, for instance, the level of smart and the level of reputation and branding. All 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 these things. A very important one is also how we invest in which region of the world. So if you say we have hundred percent capacity, how much of that capacity should we invest in Africa? For example, for example, emerging yeah, countries. Yeah, yeah. So 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 at that high level you have the strategy and you have the mostly the annual decision making process around that. And in, in itself, for the board, that is also a portfolio meeting, but a very, a very high level portfolio yeah. meeting. If you go I think the portfolio management will be mostly talk about is one level lower if you want to between execution and that strategy so suppose you have a company with um, product categories and each category has a category leader yeah and that category has uh, revenue targets and has other targets and it has a limited quantity of resources to use to get to those targets then Portfolio management is about optimizing the usage of those resources. So how can we get to our targets given the resources that we have? And I can tell you, mostly you don't have enough resources.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So you have limits in the resources. And if you have limits in the resources, then the portfolio management, and it is, we talk more about it in detail later, but the portfolio management is a process owned by these category leaders reporting to the sea level working together with the execution level down there. They have to take decisions, and they are mostly painful, these decisions, what to delay, postpone, what to stop, what to put out the next year, what to do also within the projects. I have one customer where they say, okay, we, we don't postpone the entire initiative. We postpone a part of the initiative.
1: Yeah. You for instance, it.
0: in our initiative, we want to bring five releases to Africa and five to Europe and five to the US. Suddenly we have a shortage of people forget about Africa,
1: right,
0: right. <laughs> so, so they postpone Africa then? Or they say, no no, 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 we should we need Africa for whatever reason, then EMEA has to wait. So within project, within a product group, when you go downer in in the at the level of portfolio management, then the decision making can be very detailed.
1: Yeah. So the example you just gave of let, let's not do Africa. Oh no, no, we need Africa. Right. That's back to your strategy. Right. So you really, if if you're disconnected or you don't understand or you're not aligned with that strategy, you're going to make the wrong decisions.
0: Yeah. So it depends also at the the strategy is, in my view, the navigation system
1: yeah. of portfolio,
0: all right? like like right having a way car, to say it. Yes, a navigation system. And and the uh, portfolio is a steering wheel. Portfolio man, is a is steering wheel. And, and the navigation system comes from the strategy. That's right. And and the point is a little bit, you know, it seems to be rational. But it is not always rational. <laughs> it is very often very political in within a company. So… We talk about the process later, but there are things in the world that happen with a competitor or with a, an important customer or something like that. And they, and they come, within a, they, they call the CEO and say, I need this and this and that and such and so for, that, for Christmas, for the seasonal selling with Christmas, it's a lot of money, then, huh? I If I don't have that, I go to your competitor. And then you lose your shelf space if that happens i can tell you in these companies the the bang bang the the alarm goes off and then there is portfolio discussion
1: yes right because right
0: if you do this you don't have somewhere a reserve army of resources you don't have those so what do you do so which which one of the rest of the chicken in your in your, in your thing should, should you kill which one which one you say no food anymore, nothing. So, and that—that that is, I think, in the heart of uh, portfolio management, it is how to deal with bad news, how to deal with yeah, shit, and how to. It to, probably
1: is the majority of portfolio management is dealing with change and unexpected, especially unexpected. Uh, I make events. it more
0: negative. Bad yeah. news. <laughs> it's a bad news. It's not change is too positive. It's when, when they, these people are not happy when they get that.
1: No, no. But on the other hand, there could be an opportunity comes up as well, right? That's a positive. So not a negative event, but a a, a door opens, right? A competitor goes out of business or something, right? There's opportunity to capture maybe market you didn't have. So... I'm going to see it more positive, but I, I hear your point.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the, yeah, so I, just, I, I know these people and, and, and some of them I, I, I coach a little bit in those meetings, but these category leaders, these owners of a product line, they sit on, on, on fire. They sit on the flames and they, they, they have a hard time. Yeah. And I respect that, right? So portfolio management is not a children's game.
1: Not at all. No. All right. Well, well, you know, now that we've talked about uh, what it is, how to position it, how do you implement it, Hoop? How do you get started? How do you yeah, do I, this?
0: Yeah. So I, I think that um, in, in the world and in the world of innovation management, you see more and more portfolio management coming up as a, as a, as a key capacity of a company uh, to do that. And of course, companies do that. Otherwise, they were not a company but do they do it right? Do they do it good? Do they do it streamlined and mm-hmm. so on? Yeah. So many companies now try to professionalize their portfolio management also with uh, systems like with our Accolade system. So they they have the the new product development projects, initiatives, ideas, research, they do that, all that. They make reports out of the data that they have but that is not the same as portfolio management, what I discussed earlier. So, so so what is it that that you need to do to install, if you want to, in a company, a mature portfolio management capacity? And that is and that has I would say three pillars.
1: Pillars. I like that word pillars.
0: Always three pillars. Number one is governance. So what is the governance of your portfolio management, company-wide? The second one is, what is the process that we go for? Because it's not just a thing, it's a dynamic process. And the third one is, what are the data that we really need and what is the quality of those data to give us information that we, that, that we need to take decisions and to support the governance that we agreed and to support the process that we have? And um, those three, I can tell you more about those three if you want to, but those are in a in a kind of triangle together. And without those three, you don't get the management information, the decision information that you really need. You will not get it. It won't be there. The data won't be there. and You cannot trust the data. So, and portfolio management in big companies, without trustworthy data, is almost the impossible thing. Because if you don't have the data, in fact, real-time, so every morning, a category leader should push the button and see what the status is, and the C-level, the T-T- CEO, CTO, they should be able to push a button and see what the status is of the company, so the, the reviews, the graphs, and so on, should roll up the data, and that should be the same data, and that should be Consistent, and not political, just consistent, trustworthy. If you don't know how you govern govern the portfolios and how you do the decision-making, there, and how do you know the process, if you don't agree the process about it, then you don't know which data you have. So you don't know what you need. Then you don't know what you need.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, let's dive of the three of them. Uh we could probably spend a lot of time on all of them, but the process is the one I'd like to explore with you. I think I think data people can understand although your your point of the data outside the context of the governance and the process is nonsense. It's meaningless. You got to have it you got to know why you need the data. I got that. I think we've talked a lot about governance in the past, but let's talk about process. Portfolio of portfolio management. What, what's in that?
0: Yeah, so it's very difficult to talk about the process separated from the governance. Okay. But it's very difficult. So I, I need to jump out now and then. But the first thing of the process, for instance, is most of the companies have an annual portfolio meeting where they prioritize the investments for the next three years mostly. So that's one. So the annual meeting. Now what is the process to feed that annual meeting? So they don't not only have an annual meeting. They also have a monthly meeting and quarterly meetings. And apart from those, and in the governance that is already described, and, and apart from those, they have ad hoc meetings. A lot, a lot of ad hoc. So. If I now compare the ad hoc ones with the, the regular ones. The process of the regular ones, let me start with that and then help me to not forget that I should go to the ad hoc one because that is an interesting difference. Using the same data, right? So it's, it's, it's a difference. And the point is this. If you have an annual process, you have like a couple of stages and we are repetitive. One stage is, to analyze and monitor what you are doing how how good are we doing one stage is also to research the market so what 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 do we learn from the market what do you learn from regulations competition and all that stuff so that we say okay at a higher level for a category of products because for a dishwasher it's not the same as for a television so you have a category that's more for for categories of products or services. For each of these categories, they have their competition, they are in a world, they have their, their buyers and all that. So th- th- there should be a continuous stage basically for analyzing, understanding your market and how your products are doing. And that is a continuous process, but for an annual portfolio, you need to freeze that at a certain yeah, moment. Right. You say, okay, for the portfolio, 23, 25, this is the market analysis that we have. Next year, we have another one. And next, next year month, we have, we another,
1: have one. another one. Yeah. So we
0: have another one. So because the word is evolution and so on, so things are changing. But at a certain moment, you have to freeze, if you want to, your observations and your analysis, what you do in the market and so on. On the basis of that, you should create number two, a proposal for the future. Stage two, you have to create a proposal. That proposal decides basically how you want to fulfill your strategy. So how do you want to do it? And you have people from business development, from R and D, and so on sitting together to do that because it is a cross-functional process. If you don't agree about that, that plan, that portfolio plan, then you, you, will, you, won't, you, will, you will have debates going forward. You cannot collaborate. And one of the things that you do as a kind of a deliverable in that stage is a thing called my ideal portfolio. And you need my ideal portfolio to later on monitor it and look at the gaps. If you don't have my ideal portfolio, you never can do a gap analysis against that portfolio. And that is a problem in practice. Mm-hmm. Why is that a problem? Yeah. In my ideal portfolio, you could say, nice theory, this is the strategy that we have, this is the market that we go, these are the regions that we go, these are the resources. And if you have a criteria, and I can give you a list of 20 criteria, decision-making criteria at portfolio level, they sometimes say conflict, the conflicts of interest. So. What is more important at this moment in time? The revenue part of the pipeline or the sustainability part of the pipeline? It's conflicts. How am I doing against in my navigation system? Uh-uh-uh. No, I get a call from the CEO and he says, no, 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 no. It is a must do. It's not just a choice that you have. You have a must do. And then that can make a gap versus your ideal portfolio. But I think it is very important for every, let's say, owner of a portfolio to have a very quantified idea of the ideal portfolio, knowing that you never get there. That is not an issue. But then you know the mix of decision criteria, and then you know the gaps that you can have against it. And then you can also go back to the high level, and to the C-level or the board, and say, look, I try to do that. I try to make this real but but you come and help me not to do it so you with your demands coming in from the market ad hoc mostly that is a problem for me so the impact of what you ask me to do against my ideal portfolio is that that and that and that
1: yeah and then you can articulate
0: it right yeah and also when you make your annual plan and you, you, you get the, the last gate of it, right? And you do this every year. Then you say, look, this is the ideal portfolio. Do we have agreement around that? So this is my navigation system for this year. This, this is it. Do we have agreement on it? And everybody should agree on it. And once you have that, then you have, a, let's say, a common shared collaborative portfolio. And then the meetings that you will have every month and the meetings that you will have every quarter make sense because you have a reference table. I'm saying, okay, how are we doing against it? And of course, mostly it will be negative. Now, now let me go to the ad hoc thing. The ad hoc thing. Uh,
1: Just one question: Who, when you come out of the annual planning, though, you mentioned this ideal portfolio. Do you then come out with a practical portfolio, or? Something a step below the ideal, which is you say, okay, this is the portfolio we can do, or do you just keep that and then and then that's how you fund? You know, I could see the ideal portfolio, but you go through this annual planning, you may not be able to re- realize that ideal portfolio. So when you no, use you will, the word you, you, ideal, I, I can
0: tell you, you will never realize it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but that is what you need. You, you, right. you need you need the perfect portfolio would have the right balance. So there is also another word for that: a balanced portfolio. Yeah, yeah. And if you have a balanced portfolio, you you meet most of the success criteria for 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 that portfolio. Yeah, but that is bloody difficult. Sure, it is. Yeah, and so so you it, it always a bit wobbly, and what you have in um, can you imagine the portfolio? How they are reshuffled because of the shortage of the oh, ships? Oh yeah. yes so so then then things things change so what is now my ideal portfolio the first thing you should do is review your ideal portfolio and when i discuss this with customers then it's almost like an eye opener the ideal portfolio concept is almost like an eye opener and when i asked them in the beginning of a project write down the ideal balance right what is the ideal balance here because we have revenue, we have margin, we have this and that, so we have like 15 criteria. So how do you balance them? And how do you want to balance them so that everybody knows to, to look after that balance, so everybody understands it from the beginning. Also portfolio analysts, they, they can do the gap analysis. But if you don't have an idea, you cannot do it. So it's strange, it's so strange. So what I learned in the market, it is. I think it is so simple, so, <laughs> so yeah. It's without any words, if you don't have, a, have an ideal, you cannot do a gap analysis. As, as simple as that. And gap analysis is one of the steps in the process. So if you have the process more, so you have these regular meetings, and a regular meeting has a certain agenda, and to fulfill that agenda, you have a gap analysis. There are challenges, there are problems, we need to do something, everything is okay it's also fine but and if you do your quarterly one mostly with the with the board or the c level representatives and so on you they, they will say okay how 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 is your portfolio doing against all the criteria that we have set that we have agreed to the k p i s then there is also within within the process you also have the decision making process so how do you do the decision making step one step two step three, step four, and not everything has to be let's say put into a process like a rigid administrative process, no, no, no. no. just the people have to know, okay, when we have an ad hoc, for instance, this is what we do, and I can give you one example. When an ad hoc request comes in for a project, to put that in the portfolio and put something else out, because that is the impact. To know what you put out, you have to know what this new thing demands. What are the people that it needs to do? Then you have to go into a system, but it's mostly a collection of systems. And even then, you have to call people. If, suppose you are the category leader, product manager of that, then you have to call R&D, production, and so on. To do this project, the new one, which people do I really need? And then they say, these, these and these and these five, at least and the rest is not relevant, these five you need. On which projects do they work today? Yeah, some of these, they manage their own agenda, the, the big boys. Some of them, they know exactly what they do. So, okay, mostly they work on four or five projects, initiatives. So, let me say, okay, if if we do this new project, we identify first, step one, eh? we identify step one, which projects are affected by this. So, you get a list of affected projects. And then you have to choose between those.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, th- I know it's easier said than done. <laughs> I've watched people struggle. One part is they don't have enough sufficient information to know about the status of where things stand. Everybody says, oh, just squeeze it in. I know I've talked to so many people who suffer because they have they don't have the tools to demonstrate, to explain, to show, to communicate to the decision makers the real problem that the fact is you look at most portfolios are already overloaded. Most portfolios are unachievable.
0: What we call it is impact analysis. So if you do an ad hoc thing, and they do many ad hoc things, and sometimes you don't even see them. They are small, but they have a lot of impact. So you have to know the high level. If you do something new to calculate the impact, you have to know which people you need, which people, not how many which people you need to do that, and the projects they are working on at that moment, because these projects will suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so mostly in our database, we know of these projects, the business case calculation, you know, we know the timing, we know the launch dates, and we know a couple of things. And I say, okay, if we, if we then do this, and we have a kind of estimation how much work it is, four months, five months or something, then we go, okay, well, or Of these four or five, these people are working on, which one do we postpone or which one do we kill? And then if you do that, so our system will immediately tell you what the financial impact is or what the launch impact is. Now suppose, Paul, the launch impact is that you lose shelf space from another customer as, as this one that came. But that can be, eh? so we have a right. conflict of Absolutely. interest at that level. So look, you ask... You are afraid to use shelf space for that partner, but if we do that, we lose the shelf space for another partner, what do you want? And this, this is what I call impact analysis, and not everything is in information systems, but a lot is in information systems, also in our Accolade system. Mostly, we have enough data. We, we take care of those, of course, also in our designs. We have enough data to help them to understand and see the impact of delays. And it is mostly delays, it's nothing else basic. And delay management as such is also an interesting thing that we could discuss. So within portfolio management, if you want to do certain things earlier, you have to postpone something else. If an ad hoc comes in, you have to postpone something else. And in fact, it always goes on the cost of your ideal portfolio. That's exactly right. So the process is then the steps that you do, for instance, to do the ad hoc one. How do we do that? Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. And who is doing it? Blah, 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 blah. And what is the data that we need? Huh? And so, so also you do that also for the annual process, not the same. The annual process, you have different people, and blah, blah, blah. They, they, they also have a process to go through. I hope I clarified a little bit what I mean with process. I
1: think you sure did. And that was a great discussion, Hoop. I really appreciate that. I think we should, we should probably at another time dive into some of these other areas. It's a lot to be done there, isn't there?
0: Governance is an interesting one, but also the data. Yeah. So yeah. What, what what are really the data that, and, and the trustworthiness of the data, that is also an issue. So.
1: Yeah. I think that'll be of interest for the listeners. So let's plan another one, maybe to go into governance and data.
0: Yeah, the data is an interesting one, Paul. Yeah, it sure, sure will be. Go anyway, ahead. thank you for having me. Yeah, Huub, thanks for joining. I, I, I talk spontaneously about it, as you know. It's, that's it's, the best it's no, way. No, no slides, nothing. No, no,
1: it's that's just the best from, way. And I know it's from your from your raw experience. It's not pre, prefabricated.
0: No, it was not pre, <laughs> yeah. prefabricated. No, no. <laughs> okay, Hoop.
1: Well, thanks for joining us today. Let's, uh, let's get together again real soon and talk about those other topics, okay? You're welcome. Bye bye. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. It's always a fun discussion with Hoop. He has practical experience. He's not working from books and textbooks and reading. He's, he's out there doing and practicing with some really good companies out there. So uh, it's always good to get, uh, get his uh, perspective on things. I wish you all a great week ahead. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.